Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 14, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming, and I'm going to keep saying it. You know why? Because it's the truth. God made plans for you from the foundations of the world, and as you walk with God, as the Holy Spirit begins to reveal the things that were prepared for you, but concealed from you, uh, that, that now he starts to reveal it. He's revealing to you what was prepared for you, but concealed from you. And you, you get into uh, divine knowledge of those things. And, 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 and you realize that purpose is not something that you can decide because God decided before the world began. And then you start to follow it and, 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 and you start to pursue it and you start to become the man, the woman that God called you to be. I'm telling you, God's purpose will, will unfold right before your very eyes. Greater is coming for you. So this is part 46 of the series. Uh, we've been studying the life of David. Let me just say this before I get started on the life of David. Now, those of you that have been saved a long time, in church all your life, went to Sunday school, you know this story, right? You know this story. Oh yeah, I know the story of David. Then how come y'all act so surprised, right? When we go through all of this stuff and like, man, my God, is that in the story? Is that, yes, all of this is in the story. Read your Bible. You got it? Anyway, that's what you got me for. We're doing this. I'm having fun with this thing. Today, we're going to close out 1 Samuel chapter 24. You ready? So today, I'm covering 1 Samuel chapter 24, verses 16 through 22. The title of today's message is The Power of Love. This is Greater is Coming, part 46. The Power of Love. God is love, and there's power in walking in love. You ready? All right, here we go. So get back to the story. So remember yesterday, David comes out of the cave. He's like, yo, Saul. He was like, what? Huh? He sees David. He was like, man, ain't nobody scared of you. I'm going to tell you right here in front of everybody, you know, this is wrong what you've been doing. Matter of fact, I could have killed you. Matter of fact, you know what you was just doing in the cave. <laughs> you know, I mean, I literally caught you with your pants down, like literally caught you with your pants down. I cut this piece of your robe off. I could have killed you. He lifted up the piece, robe, uh, 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 saw it down. It was like, snap, a piece of my clothes is gone and it's in his hand. He could have killed me. And all of that happened. And he's saying this, like he's confronting Saul in front of a whole brigade combat team, in front of 3,000 elite soldiers. David was saying it. Uh, he was not worried about it at all. His confidence was in God. David was basically saying, listen, I want to tell you two things. I want to make two things clear. Number one, Saul, I want you to know that the Lord is, is the judge, that God is ultimately going to judge between you and I. God knows that what you've been doing to me, that's wrong. What I've been doing to you is right. And God is ultimately the judge. So I'm not, I'm not afraid of you. I'm just letting, I'm just putting it all out on the table. My confidence is in God. It is fearless confidence. And God is going to decide which one of us is right, right? The second thing, like he was like, I know what uh, uh, God is going to make sure that I get what I, what's coming to me and God get, and you get what's coming to you. And the second thing that he was making clear is that he was like, you know what? The Lord is my defense. My confidence is in God. I'm, I'm confronting you in front of 3,000 soldiers. Yeah, I have 600, but you have 
3,000, but it doesn't even matter. Those numbers don't matter to me because my confidence is in God. He was so convinced that God was his protection, that he was convinced that anything Saul did to him was going to fail. He was not afraid. His confidence was in God and he confronted him right there, just like that. And when he finished speaking, Saul got convicted. When he finally, finally, I mean, this joke has been so nasty towards David all of this time. And when David finished speaking, finally, Saul got convicted right there. And, and, and at that point, because I mean, for all this time, although he was doing wrong, he was doing what a lot of people do who do wrong. He was convincing himself that he was right when he knew he was wrong. You know how, how when people come up against you, deep down in their heart, they know what they're doing is wrong, but they're trying to convince themselves that they're right. And so they're, they're trying to convince themselves so that they can have a conscience so that they can sleep well while they're really living in the era of their ways. And so they, David kept you know, doing what was right before God, even before Saul, David honored the man. David was like, listen, man, I, I, he still even called him my Lord. He called him my king. He called him my father. He bowed down before him. He was doing all the things right. And Saul was not. And finally it caught up with Saul. It caught up with Saul and Saul broke down and Saul looked at him and said, is that really you? He was like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, son. And when he called him son, I think something happened on the inside. When he called him son, and he realized that he was trying to kill this man. When he called him son, I, I, I think like the love of God finally flooded through his body. And he realized, man, this guy's married to my daughter. Man, this guy is the best friend of my son. What am I doing? What is wrong with me? I mean, like, you know, your enemies will come to the point where they're like, what is wrong with me? Why am I even doing this to him? Why am I even doing this to her? And Saul began to weep. He started crying right there in front of 3,000 men. He started crying. And this is what he said. I love this part. I love this part. He says, he's in his tears. He's wiping away his tears. And he says, you're a better man than I am. And that's the truth, actually, by the way. But he said, you're a better man. I'm saying, like, you keep walking in love. One day your enemies are going to have to acknowledge that you're the better man. Like I said yesterday with Michelle Obama, when they go low, you go high. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you're not moved. You are the better man. He said, you are a better man than I am for you have repaid my evil with good. You didn't repay evil with evil. You, you repaid evil with good. You had the opportunity to kill me and you did not kill me. You were kind towards me even when I was not kind towards you. You let me get away with it and, and you keep blessing me even though I'm trying to attack you and it got a hold of him and he broke down and then he said this in front of everybody. He said, now I know, now I realize surely that you're going to be the king. So now he's finally like, okay, all the thoughts that he had in his mind about his son, finally, one day, maybe Jonathan's going to be the king. No, all those thoughts are gone. He finally acknowledged, man, God is with this man. And so he was like, David, you're going to be the king. And he said, even greater, and I have to acknowledge the fact that Israel is going to flourish under your rule. Basically, he was saying, I know that you're going to be my, my successor. And, and actually, if I be honest about it, you're going to do a better job than, than I have ever done. You're, you're going to, God is with you. <laughs> you're going to be the king. Israel is going to flourish. You're going to be, you are the better man. All of that. And then he said this finally, and so I could close out the chapter. After, if that wasn't good enough, and that was good. If that wasn't good enough, he says, okay, listen, David, can you just do me one favor? One favor? Joker, you've been attacking me. I was like, all right, what, what do you want? 
He said, when you become the king, all I'm asking, please, because I know you're going to become the king. I know I can't stop you because God is with you. <laughs> but he said, when you become the king, can you please just show some kindness to my family and to my descendants? Like, you know, don't kill them. I mean, like, you have every right to kill my family. But please, can you please not kill my family? And David was like, okay, I'm cool with that. And David swore an oath not to do it. He says, I'm going to be kind to your family. Saul took off. David went back into the cave. That's the end of the chapter. You got it? All right. So what does this mean for you today? You're like, man, Rick, this is a good story. And it is. The Bible is better than the movies. It's a good story. But what does this mean for you today? Give me some application. All right. I got four things to share with you in this morning. You ready? Here we go. Number one, when you bless your enemies, it will eventually catch up with their conscience if they have one. If you bless your enemies, it's eventually it's going to catch up with them. So just keep doing what God is telling you to do. David's son later, Solomon, would teach us in Proverbs chapter 25, Solomon said, listen, if your enemy is hungry, give them some food. If your enemy is thirsty, give them some water. And when you do this, when you personify the love of God, when you're showing them that you're better than them and, and when they go low, you go high, it's like placing heaping coals, burning coals on their head. Like when you love your enemies and you know, they know that they're doing wrong to you, but you refuse to do wrong to them. It's like taking burning coals and the Bible says, putting it on their head and eventually it's going to eat away at them and they're going to see the error of their ways. Jesus said it this way in the New Testament in Luke 6 and 28. He said, bless those who curse you and pray for those that mistreat you. Bless them instead of they curse you instead of cursing those that curse you. No, bless those that curse you. And why? Because they can't hurt you anyway, right? And so, so, and also do good to them. And matter of fact, pray for them. Pray for them in earnest. When, when you, when Jesus said that, there's a couple of things we can glean from that. First thing is that God's love is one-sided. God loved you even when you didn't love him. And, and God's love for you has nothing to do with your actions towards him. And because God lives in us and he is love, and his love is one-sided, he expects us to walk in one-sided love. This means that even when people do wrong to you, God still expects you to love. That even when people mistreat you, God still expects you to love. God expects you to bless them no matter what. Now, I'm telling you that I really believe this. Like, I believe this is in the Bible. But I'm just saying, like, I believe this, and I, and I attempt to do this, and this is not... Other people that know me was like, man, what's wrong with you? You shouldn't do that. You should do this. No. God's love is one-sided. We're not supposed to repay evil with evil. We're supposed If we repay evil with evil, we would be no different than the world. We're supposed to repay evil with good, knowing that God is our judge and he is our defense. So let me just say this. If you commit to maintaining godly character, despite what other people do towards you, then one of two things are going to happen. Either number one, the people who are fighting against you will realize the error of their ways like Saul did, Right? in the text, or number two, God is going to cause them to reap a harvest on the bad seed that they're sowing. And so either way, if that happens, they're not going to be around long enough to bother you anymore anyway. So I've personally experienced both, right? I mean, I've, I've had people rise, you know, for whatever reason, put my name in their mouth or, or try to put their hands on God's anointed. And um, at the end of the day, I just kept walking in love, being consistent, pursuing my purpose. I'm not even worrying about you. I'll be a blessing to you. Matter of fact, I will help you. Even though I know that you're talking about me, I'm still going to be a blessing to you. And at the end of the day, I've seen one of those, those two things happen. Either, either one, they come to me and be like, man, I'm sorry. 
I didn't understand you. I, I, I don't know what's going on, Rick. I apologize. Can you forgive me? That's one. Or number two, God would just move them out of the way to where they, they don't even matter. <laughs> so at the end of the day, just keep being focused on God. For you to become the man, the woman that God called you to be, I'm, this series is about faith and patience. Listen, if you want to become that person, you are going to have to be focused. You got to have determination, patience, divine endurance. And watch this as I close out the first point. You don't have time to spend or energy to waste on, on people that are not really helping you anyway. At the end of the day, just keep walking in love. Either they're going to repent or God is going to see to it that they get out of the way. You just keep focused on being you. You got it? All right, number two. Number two, while you're waiting on God, number two flows in the vein with number one. Refuse to get outside of the love commandment. God has commanded us to love. This, that, love is not a suggestion. Love is a commandment. So we are commanded to walk in love. Even though David, I mean, Saul repeatedly attacked David over and over and over again. Even though Saul made David's life miserable, right? David was fine before Saul. All of that, he's living in a cave. He's on the run. All of that, David refused to hold it against him. They, when he was like, can you do me a favor? He was like, do you a favor? What? Can you be nice to my family? He was like, yes. He took a vow. He took an oath to be nice to his family. He was like, I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm not going to treat you the way that you treated me. David did not allow Saul's actions to cause a callus to form over his heart. See, he resisted bitterness and unforgiveness. And, and I'm telling you that that's how we're supposed to live. If I preach I don't care what I'm preaching. If I'm preaching on whatever I'm preaching, and at the end of the at the end of the message, I say, "Hey, I want to." The Lord wants to release people. If you're holding on to bitterness or unforgiveness or malice in your heart, and you need to release somebody, you need to forgive somebody. Come to the altar. I don't know why the altar is always packed. I've prayed for people that that say, "I need to forgive my dad." Okay, for what? Something he did 25 years ago. For real? Okay, where's your dad now? He's dead. You're walking around. I mean, this is crazy. David did not allow any of that to cause a callus to form over his heart. He operated in love. If you want to experience God's best, you got to operate in love. Now, you may be saying, well, hold on, Rick. Hold on. Yo, no, no. Hold on. You don't even know. You don't know what they did to me. No, it doesn't matter. Remember, God's love is one-sided. It doesn't matter what they did to you. Your responsibility is to walk in love. Love is a commandment, not a suggestion. God didn't ask you to do it. He commanded you to do it. If you want God to open doors for you that no man can close and close doors for you that no man can open, your requirement is to walk in love. Never allow the actions of others to cause you to get outside of the love commandment. That's it. God is love. God lives in you. Bottom line, we have to walk in love. You got it? All right, number three. Sooner or later, your enemies, even your enemies, will have to acknowledge the hand of God that's on your life. Ooh! the favor of God. Even your enemies, even though Saul had been trying to kill David all this time, he finally had to acknowledge that God was with David. He finally had to acknowledge that there was nothing he could do to stop him. And once again, I have personally experienced this. I've had those people that rise up for whatever reason. And, and those same people have had to acknowledge that there's something on me, that the, that the hand of God is on me, that there's something supernatural about me, that, that, that there's, there's something greater than me in operation in my life. People have had to acknowledge, even people that did not like me had to acknowledge that God is with me and that there's something about me that they can't put their hand on. I'm telling you, either they will repent or God will move them out of the way. Either way, you just keep 
being who God called you to be. David's son, Solomon, would later say this in Proverbs 16 and 7. He said, when your ways please the Lord, God can see to it that even your enemies will come and make it peace with you. Your enemies will come and they will want to make peace with you because it's eating away at them that they're holding uh, uh, something against you that you didn't even do. And they're trying to do something and they're trying to stop you and they can't stop you because they can't stop you anyway. And so, so they may not even like you, but they will have to come and acknowledge the fact that God is with you. Say amen to that. All right, number four and finally, as I close this out, last point for today. Look at me. No one can put a no where God put a yes. Let me say that again. No one, no one can put a no on your life where God put a yes. Now, no one except for you. You can do it. Uh, if you fail, let me just say the, the you part first. If you fail to, to cooperate with God, then God will fail to operate in your life. If you want God to operate, you have to cooperate. Why? Because you're not a puppet. God is not a puppet master. And God is not going to force you to be blessed. God is not going to force you to become the man, the woman that he called you to be. If you want God to do what he wants to do, what he planned to do in your life, you have to cooperate with him, right? But if you start cooperating with him, then no one can stop you. Saul was a king and he could not stop a kid. And what was true for David is true for you. Just as long as you don't put a no, where God put a yes, then nobody on this planet will be able to stop you. Nobody can put a no where God put a yes. If God said yes, I don't care what anybody else says. Greater is coming for me. So it may take some time. It took time for David. It took time for Joseph. It took time for Abraham. It took, yeah, it may take some time. But even, watch this, even if it doesn't look like I'm winning, it's only because the battle is not over. The only way I can lose is if I quit. Greater is coming for me. I know that God said yes, and I'm not going to put a no where God put a yes. And so as long as I keep believing God, I know that even though it might get worse before it gets better, but greater is coming for me. There's a day. There's a day where my harvest will come due. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing for in due season. There's a due season. There's a day where my harvest will come due. And on due day, on that day where my harvest comes due, nobody can stop me. Why? Because God put a yes on it and nobody could put a no on it. And the church said, amen. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to say something over your life. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for making plans for me before I was born. I declare by faith that I discern your kingdom plans and purposes and I pursue them by faith all the days of my life. Now, I will face opposition along the way. Some people may even consider themselves to be my enemies. <laughs> but even my enemies will someday have to acknowledge that you are with me. No one can put a no where you put a yes for me. So I refuse to violate your love commandment. I love you and I love others every day. I extend grace and mercy to my enemies. I refuse to repay evil with evil. I repay evil with good. When people come up against me, I know two things, Father. First of all, their attacks are going to fail. And second of all, because I am your anointed, they don't even know how dangerous it is to put their hands or their mouth on me. So I, I pray for them and I commit them into your hands. And I boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith.
in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes every day in your email inbox for free. Uh, so listen, you got to walk in love. You got to keep believing God. Keep your confidence in God. Don't be moved by people. If you, if you continue to walk in love, the power of love will empower you and it will also convict them. And eventually either they're going to turn around or God will see to it that they get out of the way. But either way, you will become the man, the woman that God called you to be. Keep walking in love, keep believing God and never give up. Do me a favor, leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you. I, will, I read all the comments in the chat and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. It's youtube.com forward slash Rick Pina. Subscribe to the channel, hit the little bell icon so you'll be notified uh, when we're live. And listen, just continue to walk in love. Love is not a suggestion. Love is a commandment. Living this way, we all know that greater is coming. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.